Are you paying too much for your home and auto insurance? At Caleb Holloway State Farm, you're a one-quick-click call and quote away for some serious savings. Visit www.calebholloway.net or call 706-406-2111 for all of your home, auto, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, Caleb Holloway State Farm is there. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigars for Idiots. I am Rob, and across from me, I have you are... Brittany. It's about time to have you back in here. What's going on? Not much. How are you? Good. Good. Been waiting to talk. I know, right? We've been trying to get this thing together for a while now, so luckily, we are able to get together and do this, so... Let's do it. How do you like our little studio? I like it. It's masculine. It is. It's for dudes. Needs a woman's touch. Does it? Did you see the bathroom? Did. You don't think that's for ladies? They're naked. <laughs> They're naked. A bunch of women. Naked ladies really all over my wall. Way. Oh, Sorry. Oh, it's it's artsy. Mm, you will. Already. What about the mirror? Give it that. I like the mirror. Yeah, the mirror's good. So yeah. okay. Um, well, since the last time we talked to everybody, uh, we uh, we did the Crazy X uh, Chronicles uh, Volume One, and it was uh, pretty good, pretty scary, pretty uh, pretty intense stuff come out of that. So. Um, we had plenty of downloads on that one enough to do, uh, do a part two to that. So, so we're going to be looking for some new folks with some crazy X stories. So Mm -hmm. everybody just be, uh, be uh, looking for that. Uh, so you can message us and we can try to get your story and get you on. So also, uh, it was brought to my attention that we have hit number 27 on Apple podcast for entertainment news for this little podcast that we do, which is pretty awesome. So I was pretty stoked about that. Uh, and, uh, I want to say hello to our new listeners we have, um, in the Netherlands and Denmark and Belgrade, Serbia. So what's wow. up? What's up everybody all hello. over the world? So thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to us. And the growth of this thing uh, relies on you 
and sharing it with your people. So if you like what we're doing, share it with your people. Like reviews uh, on Apple Podcasts and subs- like subscribing is uh, is very helpful in uh, us growing this thing. So thanks for everybody for listening. We appreciate it. So, well, also what we got going on in the world today uh, seems like there's a little gas shortage. How you feel about that? Makes me wish that we still rode horses. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is. I did say that uh, at least we have plenty of toilet paper now. True. Which is good. So this time last year, we're standing in line for toilet paper. This year, we're parked in line trying to get gas for our car. I bet the people that got smart and bought a Tesla are like, yeah, what about it now? I know. You those. Know, we all made fun of it. Like, yeah, you have to charge your car. Well, they're laughing at us. Well, you know, this is just kind of, I think it's conditioning people to get ready for uh, that big move that all the, the auto industry is going into is is the, the electric movement. So. Oh, I thought you meant the end of the world. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, the world is not going to end. Don't believe what people <laughs> at church are telling you. It's not coming to an I end anytime soon. I believe everything I read on the internet. I know, right? Uh, and there's also a big asteroid supposed to smash into us at some point. So I think I said on the last episode, I was going to find out where that was going to land, and I was going to go camp under it and try to catch it because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to deal with any kind of nuclear fallout or anything like that. Let's just go ahead and and just be done with it. So, <laughs> um, well, the episode that me and you've been trying to get together and do for a while. Is uh is one that's uh I think that anybody and everybody it, at some point is fascinated with what we're about to talk about. No doubt. Um, serial killers uh, is one of my favorite subjects to uh, research, discuss, and uh, watch documentaries on. Why? What's wrong with us? I don't know. But one of the crazy things about it is, is uh, the women that fall in love with them and go go yeah. meet them in prison and marry them so it's a real thing so that's something i'm trying to wrap my head around uh, for the past couple of days uh i don't understand uh why in the world somebody would want to think that they want to create a life and spend uh spend the rest of their years with somebody that's murdered raped and maimed people yeah uh and and let that be the love of their life you know so well, I have a few theories. Yeah. So, so going back to the opening song, uh, apparently we were all, <laughs> we've all been looking for love in all the wrong places. We just <laughs> got to get a prison and find somebody that's heinously murdered uh, a group of women or people for that matter. So, yeah. Apparently they're uh, charismatic and uh, friendly and uh, playful. That's what most of them are saying about them. So, oh, the serial killers? Yeah. Yeah. They're, oh. they're ladies. Yeah. They're like, oh, he's so charismatic. He's such a charmer. <laughs> well oh my god daddy issues yeah for <laughs> so what'd you so we'll say uh you know it seems like the the news uh it's on 24 hours and it's on 24 hours you got crime tv uh and it's turning these heartless cold-blooded killers into celebrities i mean they treat them like rock stars mm-hmm. um you know in 1970 ted bundy was put on full display yes his trial was publicized on tv um and the whole time He's flirting with the, you know, he's being, uh, you know, he's 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 being his little character in the courtroom and and doing his thing and being charming and flirty with the ladies and uh and the ladies just couldn't get enough of it so they're flocking, uh, to this courtroom, uh, like taking a trip to the zoo to get a glimpse of this animal that's running around in the courtroom making a mockery of the of the court system. Yep. Well, experts say, especially for Bundy, that um. He he was different than the rest of the serial killers. He wasn't introverted. He he loved attention. He loved the fame, and um, the women wanted to understand all his horrible acts. They um, 
they they wanted to know why. Like it was enticing for them. Yeah. They were attracted to his uh, intelligence and his charm, but I'm pretty sure if they were face to face with him, it'd be a different story. It'd be a different story. Yeah, you'd be yeah. getting your ass would be getting cracked in the head with a tire tool and getting your head chopped off with a hacksaw. Yeah. Then he would have sex with you. Well, his so. specialty was women. Yeah. Like, how many women did he kill? Uh, they thirty that they know of, and possibly over a hundred. Yeah. You know that he just couldn't remember. Yeah. Which is a real thing. I mean, he was just going through it. Um, you know, and you got Bundy. Um, also, you got the two Menendez brothers, Lyle and Eric. Uh, they're wealthy parents, filthy rich people, murder their parents, uh, shoot them uh, in 1993. The media publicized that and made them, you know, look, you know, they kind of put it out there like they were defending themselves from an abusive father. Mm-hmm. And they shot their mother, too, in rage at her because she allowed the father to, to abuse them over the years. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, uh, but nothing had to do with all the money they were going to get once the mom and dad was dead. That had nothing to do with it. That didn't factor into any of it. So, <laughs> but both of these guys are married. Both of these guys found love in prison and got married. So, uh, even Charles Manson himself, uh, would, would meet, uh, up with a lady and marry someone out of prison in prison. So, uh, I actually don't think they're. They were supposed to be married, but I don't think they did get married. So we're going to dig into each one of these little stories just a little bit. Uh, the media treats them like rock stars, and uh, most of the women would have never dated, married, or have children with somebody like this. Um, however, there was an exception to some ladies that made that leap of fate. Uh, and uh, here we'll, we'll go through a list of how it how it turned out. So if you could, uh, you got you dug in a little bit on the on the science, the medical side of this. Uh, let's start it off with that, and then we'll just pick. We'll start picking these animals apart one by one. Okay. Well, to start out, um, most of our serial killers they have a a diagnosis, a a, a type. Like you can early stages. Um, there's plenty of symptoms that lead up to their scary ending. So, um, just a few of those things. They their behavior. Um, they're antisocial and they they like to play with fire and they like to torture small animals or they have some sort of abuse some sort of substance abuse or child abuse background a, a bad home life they're attracted to fetishes or pornography um as they get older they're not the type that can keep jobs or be in the workforce um profuse bedwetting compulsiveness and self-mutilation all these things lead up to our famous serial killers they're they're all they all are sort of like a type um most of them have mental disorders most of them um have multiple disorders yeah um a a few that we were talking about um had damage to their frontal lobe and if anybody knows about a frontal lobe um it gives us responses for a higher cognitive function as memory, emotions, impulsive control, problem solving, social interactions, and motor function. But when it's damaged, say one of our um, serial killers got abused as a small child. You got Henry Lee Lucas, for example. Yeah. He's one. He His mother had, I don't know what it was that she hit him over the head with. It was at a two age, by four, yeah, wasn't it? At age six, yeah, two yeah. by four. Uh, and cracked his skull, gave him uh, frontal lobe damage, uh, mm-hmm. and and they they want to, you know they say that that was uh, 
that was the beginning for him. You know, the frontal lobe damage, uh, irre- it's, it's, it's unreversible damage. That's right. So it just manifested if, into if anyone, disconnecting him. If, if anyone, once they get their frontal lobe damaged, um, if they're going to get any type of repair, it's within the first few weeks. And yeah. as a child, you know, if if that child's being abused, their mom's probably not taking them to sure, the doctor. He didn't to go get, to the doctor to get. I can almost guarantee that. So when damaged, his mom um, didn't take him to the dentist either. Woo. But what's damaged? That's funny. Damn his teeth. <laughs> You're so bad. Scary nightmares. He had like four. He did, and they were <laughs> super long. <laughs> um, <laughs> Timbleton. <laughs> so, anyways, when damaged, um, they lose all problem-solving skills. They can't. They can't solve those skills. Um, their judgment's impaired. They're impulsive. They can't control anything social or sexual. They have bad behavior. Mm-hmm. So you can say that's an excuse, but most of them are born like this. Um, most of them are born with symptoms like schizophrenia or psychosis. Um, it just, if you, if you read about it, it says that, it gives them symptoms like hostility and the lack of restraint, beliefs and thoughts that aren't one's own, um, apathy and feelings detached and limited range of emotions, mantic episodes, or even visual hallucinations. Yeah. So with all that playing against you, of of course, you're, you're going to be harmful to yourself and harmful to others. If you look at David Berkowitz, uh, son of Sam, he... He had stated once he was caught, the the whole reason all this was happening, uh, that he killed these people, was because um, his neighbor's dog was possessed by a six thousand year old demon, and he the dog told him to kill people. So yeah, there's your there's your uh, psychotic hallucinogenic um, schizophrenia right there wrapped up in one little bubble. And we so. all think, wow, they're crazy. We use the word, oh, they're crazy, they're crazy. But if you do studies on schizophrenia. It's a constant state of sleep, and and some people feel dreams like they're real life. Yeah. So in their mind, it's really happening. Is that an excuse? No. No. And you they can't com- put you up can't, somewhere. You can't convince them otherwise. I mean, they no. told if, if it's something that's a thought in their head and they believe it, then by God, it's it's real. It really happened. So. And most of the ones that we talk about, um, they seek sensation and they lack remorse. They have no guilt. Um, they're impulsive. They they do what they feel. They want to be in control, and they have predatory behavior. Yeah. So they're not out to make friends. No. If you <laughs> if you're thinking about too with a if you're looking at it like uh, is sexual impulses, what sexual impulses is to normal people is you know two people finding uh, comfort in being together naked, and these guys are like uh killing somebody, ripping their guts out, and that's what turns them all. Yeah. So that's the big disconnect. They're looking at a human being as or people as an object. You're not right. even you're not human. It's nothing. It's not real. So you're just an object. Which is So in saying that, why do these women feel the need to uh fix it? To fix it. Yeah. Yeah, to fix it. Yeah. Well, I kinda dug into that. I, I wanted to know, you know, I'm a woman. I, I've I've dated. I've wanted to fix people before. I've I've wanted to. What are you saying? <laughs> you know, I I had a conquest at a time. You did at a, at a young age. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> oh. But um, there's no one size fits all response. I don't believe. Um, there's the 
not-so-uncommon desire for a bad boy. And I feel like that's mainly immature females that need that bad boy. You know, um, I was reading, and it said deviance. Now, this I found this interesting because when I define deviance, it's the fact of departing from a usual or accepted standard in social or sexual behavior. What, what makes women want something devious? devious? Yeah. It says women can be attracted to deviance. It triggers something in our brain and releases something in our brain, which increases our arousal and attention. So deviance in a relationship could be felt as something positive. Oh, I'm going to start a fire when we go home. <laughs> I'm burning something. As soon as I, I, I get feel that excited. House. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Where's Lucy? <laughs> Feelings that she that's can, our cat. Yeah, that's our cat. <laughs> but for real, feelings that she can change him. I, I've felt that before. Maybe that um, he's misunderstood or had an unfortunate childhood or lacks self control. Like needs a little calming down. You know, I, I I've been that before. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. When you care about somebody, you you want to feel like you're you're their person. You can calm them down. Um. Fame? What do you think about that? Fame. That yeah, the fame just to get the notoriety and the fame that you you plugged yourself into this person and everybody knows their name. It's a household name. Not for a good reason. Yeah. But uh But think about it. Even bad attention's attention. Mm -hmm. Some people don't get it the good way. I think that's how (laughs) Marilyn Manson ended up with Rose McGowan. I never figured that one out. Because I always thought she was really pretty and he was just Marilyn Manson. They were both a little dark. They're both a little they both had issues. (laughs) Um Seeking a safe and controlled relationship. Yeah, it's safe and controlled because they're in prison. They're in prison. Yeah. Well, I've got a story that we, after we do this, we go when we start running through some of these folks, a lady was not so safe. Mm-hmm. And I will you know, talk about her really bad outcome. This is just trying to break, like, these are just things trying to break down why. Mm-hmm. Why, why do women pick serial killers? Why? What's the... Why romanticize that? Why, why not? There's plenty of fish in the sea, but I, I feel like there's a, there's a type. There's a personality type. Um, mental instability. Like, think about it. Most people are comfortable in toxic relationships because you can hide your own issues, your baggage, your insecurities, your inadequacies, um, and you could show up as the healthy partner. Mm-hmm. So you look more stable. Yeah. I mean, you're obviously, it's like, it's like, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Like a girl who may be a seven and she hangs out with some threes <laughs> and it makes her look like a 10. So it's kind of that same thing. But she's a savior. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, she's, she looks, she, look, I mean, she's up against the, a person that's mutilated people that's for right. fun. So she's obviously but, the sane one. But she's not shallow. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. All right, how about this one? Being an exception. Maybe she feels like she could be his special one. Yeah. The one that can change him, you know? Yeah. Out of all these women, you know, maybe put, his mama did him wrong. She picked so. that. She picked up that red flag and she stuck it right in her pocket <laughs> and did not even address it. So a red flag, uh, <laughs> a red flag soaked in blood, if you will. <laughs> um, think about this, male aggression. Most women are very attracted to this quality, right? They um, 
they see it as a survival against attackers. So you you think that women are attracted to, or oh, this is what the study says. Yeah, that's the, what the study says. The study says women are attracted to aggressive males. But think about it. It's, it's kind of like the caveman thing. If a man's being protective over his woman, mm-hmm. other other predators can't come close. Right. She feels safe. I gotcha. So, yeah. She's like, this motherfucker's already killed like 10 people. Yeah, come at, come me. at me. My boyfriend's <laughs> My boyfriend will gut you <laughs> yeah. like a pig. Um, I think a lot of these women maybe go into it for financial gain. Yeah. You know, who, who don't want to be the leading lady of the story? Yeah, you, I see that too. And I'll go over an example of that as well when we start digging into these guys. Um. Wanting to understand darkness, because think about it. That's me. I'm fascinated. No, I, I, I want to. I want to get it. I don't. I want to know what happened. We almost have a fascination with it, yeah. and, and that's even a sane people. Because think about it. These women are looking at photos or looking at them in the courtroom or behind bars. It doesn't show how frightening these men are. No. You're not seeing the blank stare and the the blood. Shark eyes. Yeah, you're not seeing that. But this is what I come up with. Because once we try to, once we understand it, we're not a, we're not fearful anymore. Mm-hmm. So maybe even us, um, while we're so fascinated with who and why and, you know, what was his damage? Like, what was his reason? It's because it's so terrifying. Yeah. Some of these things that they did and we want to understand it. So we're not afraid of them. So we're not afraid of what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, you can get, you literally get put into a position where if you're if you're left alone with one of these people, one of these killers, I mean, it's just like getting put in in a lion's in a lion's cage and a lion hadn't ate in two weeks. Yeah, no doubt. You're, you're gonna you're in danger. You know they don't they have to disconnect. It's not you're not in a safe environment. That's right. No matter what you're trying to tell yourself, you know, however charming and charismatic and they're my best friend. You know. Well, I think I think most people are by nature just want to to nurture. Or to change someone mm-hmm. to know to have hope that there's there's some light in there, right? Um, but there is diagnosis for women that specifically goes after serial killers. Um, do you want to try to say it? Oh, I didn't even write it down. Give it to me. I'll say it. I, you know me. I'm like all about it. Bristophilia. Is that how you say it? Yeah, bristophilia. Yeah, yeah. yeah you did and it. So we did it. <laughs> when defying this. Um, and this is the term that's given to these women. Yeah, the, their sexual interest or attraction to those who commit crimes, um, it arouses them sexually to to know that their partner commits crimes. It's also known as the Bonnie and Clyde syndrome, and um, it means outrage or crimes, murders, robberies. And all these people have a strong preference for these type of people. And, that's, and to me, that's a true disconnect in the female to to yeah. be attracted to that type of. Uh, but you see it. You see it a lot. You know, it's uh, with, with the women that like the bad boys. Uh, this is just that on another a whole other scale, yeah. like the highest scale that you could get at, you know. But why love letters? I don't you know, that's the other thing, too, they're. You know, and again, we'll go into some of these, but uh, there was a lady that wrote uh, for years, 11 years, wrote wrote a serial killer, 75, 75 letters until he finally was like, all right, I'm going to meet this. I'm going to let her come meet me. 
putting money on their books. I actually heard this is this is true. I'm going to give away a secret uh, because this is something that we were going to do. Um, if you put money on a serial killer's books in jail, they will correspond with you oh because you're you're a link to the outside to uh, so you're somebody that's talking about them, mm-hmm. and you're also somebody that's giving them money to buy honey buns or whatever they do in jail. <laughs> Had never been, not going to go. But uh, but there's I, I've heard that if you put money on their books, they'll talk to you about about anything. Some of it I may bet. be bullshit too, but they'll they'll give you stories. Well, I think these women um, write letters because they are kind of flirting with danger while risking nothing yeah, because they're like, behind bars. I mean, it's like people that own poisonous snakes for pets. That's right. They you can't really you don't ever know what's going to happen. <laughs> but when reading this, the study showed that most women that write these letters are also also victims of mm. maybe some sort of abuse and they gravitate toward these aggressors. That makes sense. And they get involved with it's a people, cycle. Mm-hmm. Well, and they get involved with men behind bars because that leaves these women in a position of control. Mm-hmm. So they That's have true. some sort of power. Isn't it sick? Yeah. It's a little yeah, sick. Yeah. It's a lot sick. It's a lot sick. <laughs> it's a lot sick. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to dig into a couple of these. Uh, we need some high profile, prolific uh, serial killers that we'll talk about. And I'm sure there's many, many more, uh, but uh, we'll get, we'll just start out with uh, with Charles Manson, uh, Charles Manson, and Afton Burton. Um, she started corresponding with Manson uh, when she was 17 years old, uh, and and I'm, I don't post a picture of her. I, there's a couple of them that, that have their little family portraits in jail that I'll post on our social media. This girl wasn't a bad looking girl; like she looked like like what what is wrong with you? And apparently, she didn't come from a bad family. She come from a southern or not a. It, I believe it was a Baptist family, it was Southern Baptist, they're from Illinois. But in but in 2007, she made the move from Illinois to California to be closer to uh, to the jail where Manson was was housed. Um, she was uh, scheduled to marry him. Uh, she was 26 years old, and he was 80. Uh, but Manson kind of had some backlash. She said it was all stupid. Uh, that he it was just a farce. Uh, it was a joke, and it was all trash. And he didn't want to marry her. Uh, they had a little, but here, here's the here's the part that's crazy to me. In solidarity, she shaves her head and carves an X in her forehead to show her love for him. Now, when you see the picture of this girl, you're gonna think she's she's a normal looking person. What the fuck is going on between those ears? <laughs> they make her shave her head. What well, to talk to her Charles Manson? Period. And then want to marry him. Her family said that they would not disown their daughter for any decisions that she made because even though it was a a tumultuous uh, event that was taking place, that they stood behind their daughter 100% in her happiness. So Unconditional love. That's unconditional love. <laughs> uh, I'm kicking my daughter's butt. So, so anyway, what happened, what ended up happening with that was uh, it was kind of – and this makes sense to me. We're talking about monetary gain. There's a monetary gain. She wanted to be in Charles in charge of Charles Manson's affairs once he passed away. Uh, so that way, any I guess merchandise or anything that that books or anything that was put out with in his likeness that received some sort of monetary gain, she would be awarded that since she was his wife, which was kind of smart. But man. Go get a job. It's a little evil. <laughs> Find something else to do with your life. Um, but they did not get married. Uh, and uh, Manson, you know, he did he did die in prison. So um, 
they they did not get married and, and he ended up dying in prison. So um next one, I mean, you jump in anytime you got something to say on these uh Ted Bundy and Carol Boone. Uh Carol Ann Boone. Uh Bundy killed thirty people, possibly a hundred. They have no idea. But it was enough for her to leave a lasting impression on Boone when they met back in nineteen seventy four working at the Department of Energy Service in uh, Olympia, Washington. Uh, she thought he was handsome and sly, and she also thought she could change him. Mm. So even with all these murders stacked against Bundy, okay, she ferociously defended him and claimed his innocence anytime that the cameras were stuck in her face, okay? And by the way, he didn't just murder 30 people. He murdered 30 women yeah his specialty was females yeah he hated women yeah so i mean her being a woman you would think um this maybe she'd get the clue yeah so she she defends him like anytime a camera's stuck in her face she's she's spitting out that yellow journalism just like he does anytime she's like man my my social studies teacher would be so proud of me right now (laughs) (laughs) but uh but she's, you know, she's trying to, she's playing the part, you know, and she's in love and they get married and for whatever reason, whatever happens, she, after the sorority house murders in Florida, where he bludgeoned women to death with a piece of wood and bit chunks out of their body with his crooked ass teeth, uh, she still just like brushed it under the rug. He's completely innocent. Those are not, he's, he's not the only person with that, with that bite registration. There's somebody else out there. Um, but anyways, they ended up, they got married and she got pregnant, yeah. had a daughter in 1982. In 1986, they divorced and Bundy was put to death in 1989. Did I say 1986? Yeah, 1989, yeah. Bundy was put to death. Um, the whereabouts of Carol Ann, okay, we just say Bundy because that's sort of like, and their daughter Rose uh, is is unknown. So they disappeared. They're in the spotlight. They disappeared. Which is smart. I actually just read the other day Charles, one of Charles Manson's sons, uh, his actual sons committed suicide. Like just, I mean, just I can imagine it ago. being really tough. Could you imagine up, having that? I mean, with you, that's like the BT, uh, BTK killer. You know, nobody thought Dennis Rader was was a mass murderer, uh, and he had a family and had a daughter, and uh, and I think she ended up putting a book out about my, you know, my father, the serial killer, uh, which is yeah. I want to look try to find that and read it. But uh, I can't imagine that either. So, uh, and then we go look at uh, Richard Ramirez, um, and then Doreen. I'm going to say your last name wrong. Is it Leoy? I think it's Leoy. I'm going to say it that way because that's why it looks where I wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Ramirez. Let's go ahead and run down uh, run down his uh, his uh, sh- his rap sheet. Thirteen murders, five attempted murders, eleven sexual assault charges, and fourteen burglaries. Not to mention the numerous children that he abducted in the middle of the night, took away from homes, sexually assaulted, and left them left them there alone. I wonder why he never killed the. Kids. I don't. I don't know why he never killed the kids. What's wrong with us? Why do we want to know? But why? he gave. <laughs> but, but you know, but he gave them permanent trauma for yeah. the rest of their life that they could. That they're going to live. Some of them with. remember. They speak oh, about yeah. it. Yeah, they'll talk about it. Probably few and far between. But there are some out there. That, so here's the one we're talking about. She was a magazine editor. This lady was a magazine editor, and uh, over an 11-year period, she wrote 75 letters uh, to Ramirez. Uh, Finally, he gave in and agreed to meet her. Uh, In 1996, they were married. 
She said that he was friendly, charming, and he was my best friend. He was misunderstood and also claims Ramirez was innocent and that she don't feel like he did anything wrong, that he was wrongly accused and arrested for all of these, these heinous crimes. Again, where's the disconnect? Where's the disconnect with this lady? Like, what the fuck is she not getting about what kind of person this guy is? Most of them are narcissistic and they manipulate. So these women probably did believe everything they yeah. They were told. Sure. They're idiots. What kind of what kind of idiot are you? Yeah. You know? I'd love to have somebody on to defend that. That would be <laughs> great. Uh we'll jump on the Menendez brothers. Uh you got Lyle and, and uh Eric Menendez. They killed their parents again, uh shot their body, pumped fifteen rounds from a shotgun into their into the mother and father's body. The the bodies were there were unrecognizable. Um so when Lyle's in jail, Playboy model Anna Erickson was uh, uh, writing him letters of encouragement, telling him to keep his head up, that it would be all right. Because, again, go back to what we were talking about. The media made it look like or the story was being spin, spun that the dad was abusive. And after all the years of abuse, the two brothers finally had enough and they murdered the mom and dad. They also had a giant party in the mansion. While the mom and dad's body was upstairs dead, decaying. That's not that's not normal actions of somebody that finally has enough abuse and murders somebody. I don't think it puts you in that much shock where it's like you're just going to throw a wild-ass party. Wow. And you go to the Knicks game, and you are on the front row, and you uh, get caught. You're in the baseball uh, – sorry, I collect basketball cards and baseball cards and stuff. And I want to say that it was uh, – god dang it, it's right on the tip of my tongue um, – point guard for the Knicks on a hoops 1989-90 basketball card and you see both of the Menendez brothers in the front row behind the um, Mark Jackson who it is Mark Jackson so apparently that card's worth more money because of the Menendez brothers is on it I have a bunch of them y'all hit me up y'all want some Uh, disconnected people like heroes so the Playboy model 1996 uh, they get married she marries Lyle Menendez Playboy model marries him, but in two thousand one, she divorces him because she found out he's writing letter to other women. He's being unfaithful in jail. <laughs> oh, God, what's going on between those ears? Uh, two thousand three, uh, Lyle marries Rebecca Sneed. Rebecca Sneed was also an editor of a magazine, and she became an attorney. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, again fighting for his cause. Uh, Twenty years of marriage, they're still married. Brother Eric is also married to a lady named Tammy. So they both found love looking for, they were looking for love in all the wrong places and <laughs> just had to kill their parents and found the love of their life. So, um, got Kenneth Bianchi and Shirley Joyce book in 1977, 1978, the Hillside Strangler, uh, was, was doing damage and uh, 10 women had been found murdered, uh, and mutilated. Uh, but it was, uh, Bianchi and his cousin, Angelo, uh, I think it's, uh, I'm going to say Bono because I can't, God, I, my hand right so bad. <laughs> but um, they ended up killing 10 women. Uh, and then uh, in 1989, uh, Bianchi marries uh, Shirley Joyce Book. A little known fact on her, she was she was actually wooing Ted Bundy, writing, writing letters to Ted Bundy, trying to get his attention first. Uh 
but it but it failed. Um, so she ended up marrying. Uh, she married uh, Bianchi instead. So, and then Bianchi's cousin, uh, who also helped, uh, was part of the Hillside Strangler uh, movement that was going on there in California. Uh, married uh, Christine uh, Kizuka. She was a mother of three. Already had three children, and decided that her life wouldn't be complete until she married a mass murderer. And they were married in 1989. Uh, bueno uh, died of a heart attack in prison. Massive heart attack. So, yeah. Then we go to good old Philip Jablonski. Okay, he married Carol. Uh, man, I'm really making this sound terrible because I can't read my writing. Uh, I think it's Spadoni. Uh, they married, uh, Jablonski was in jail for murdering his first wife. He killed his first wife, but she figured that, uh, she would answer his personal ad in a newspaper and they would, they would become chummy with each other and yet she would be married to Jablonski in 1990 or 1982. Well, he was about to be paroled for good behavior and she was a little unnerved by that. And she started telling him that she wanted out of the relationship that she didn't want to be with him anymore. And she started telling friends that he was acting weird. So in 1990, he was, he was released from prison on good behavior. Okay. And his, his, he was supposed to go stay with his wife and his mother-in-law at their home. She filed a restraining order to keep him away. Unfortunately, that did not pan out for her. The restraining order was ignored and he came to the house and he murdered her and her mother and the murder was so heinous that not only did he stab and shoot their bodies uh he stabbed and shot them to death he also mutilated their bodies after they were dead he even raped the mother-in-law after she was dead he described the brutal murders on a personal tape, which investigators later found in his car. So he just, he did a play by play. Um, and the, the gruesome discovery, uh, he had stated that her nose was wrapped, uh, her nose and mouth were wrapped, covered with duct tape. Uh, so, so tightly that it cut her breathing off and she would have suffocated, but I stabbed her in the throat, creating a functional tracheotomy. Then he also stated that she had a bullet wound behind her right ear and three stab marks in her abdomen. Initially, half of her breast was sliced off, exposing the silicone implant. Uh, there were also stab wounds to her vagina, and her intestines were protruding from her anus as a result of the laceration. So he just cut her from yeah. hole to hole. Uh, ultimately found guilty of the two other murders and at least three other additional murders. Uh, he was sentenced to death. However, he ended up dying in prison in uh, 2019. He was 73 years old. So that one didn't work out so well for uh, for this Miss Spadoni. Uh, so again, what? This guy killed his wife. He killed his previous wife. And yet she's going to pursue him. And and marry him while he's in jail after murdering. What did she think was going to happen when he got out? You know, you can't play these games with with crazy people. Well, you, you're going to lose. I got a question that just kind of sums it all. Um, can a serial killer fall in love? 
Mm, that's a good question. I don't think they're capable of loving. Well, think about it. One or more of them have some sort of disorder, some sort of illness, um, narcissistic personalities um, across the board. Mm -hmm. And they have proven that people with these illnesses have the inability to experience real feelings for other people or to fall in love. So you're kind of fighting a battle that's against you already. You know, love letters, pictures, whatever the thrill is. They are incapable of connection. So whatever you're getting back from them, whatever the the fantasy is, you're making it up in your head just like they are. Yeah, just like they are. Yeah. And I you, mean, you may feel safe because they're, they're, they're locked behind. Yeah, they're locked behind. A, <laughs> that may yeah. be a thrill. Yeah. But like you just said, once they're out, that's their nature. I mean, that's the other thing, too. Is you take a look at, I mean, Richard Ramirez still has followers. Like, I mean, I'll. Well, we went to um, we went to the Alcatraz Museum, and we there's a bunch of serial killer memorabilia there, and I took pictures of it, and I did hashtags on whatever, and people would like it, and I just wanted to see what kind of people were liking it, so I'd click on their profile, and there's people still like there's women that dress like Richard Ramirez to this day. They paint pictures of him, like not pictures of like him holding flowers, but pictures of him drenched in blood. It looks like a demon tearing something apart. You know, it's like. What what is going on in between those ears? That's my main that's my main question I want answered, you know. And and there's it's probably there's not an answer. There's not an answer that you can seek out because it's just so far out there that you can't grasp you can't grasp your head around it. I can't. I can't. I don't get it. Well, my personal opinion is it's just a sickness. It's, yeah. It's a sick they're they're no better. Maybe they're even. Yeah. Maybe they really are even. Their sicknesses. Yeah, are it could be. And yeah. uh, you got Henry Lee Lucas. We talked about him a second ago. He killed eleven people from nineteen sixty to nineteen eighty three. Um, Phyllis Wilcox was a chaplain in the prison, and she got to know him. They built a, a camaraderie, and and I don't know if they ever got married, but they were together, and like she was his girlfriend. Uh, and he was her boyfriend and she cut his hair. They let him go. They let her go in there and cut his hair, eat dinner with him. I mean, just like he had a, he had a whole relationship, this crazy ass dude, crazy ass dude. And you got the chaplain of the church or I'm sorry, the chaplain of the jail. And, and he, he forms a, a romantic relationship. Well, he with this says woman. that she was his soulmate. Yeah. Yeah. Only person he had ever loved. Only person he had ever loved. I don't, and it just goes back to what you just said. I don't think they're capable of loving anything. It, everything's an object to them. It, it all can be disposed of, just like a like that water bottle on our on the table right here. It's just it's just an object. When you get your when you get done drinking the water, you just throw it away. So, um, and then I'm gonna I'll touch on uh, Stephen Avery uh, making of a mur- making a murderer if documentary. You guys ever seen um, seen that uh, on Netflix? If you haven't seen that, it's really really good. Um, but, uh, Stephen Avery, he's been in jail, uh, been accused, wrongfully accused of a, of a rape and arrested and spent many years in jail. Then they released him. Uh, some lady ends up dead on his family's property. Um, then he's rearrested for murder him and his, uh, uh, I'm trying to find a better term. Um, 
his nephew, Brendan Dassey, who's not firing on all cylinders. Uh, as my grandfather would say, his cornbread was gooey in the middle. It's probably not nice. <laughs> not nice. But uh, but this these these two guys uh, supposedly killed a lady who was there to take a picture of a vehicle to put on um, in one of those magazines to sell the car. Um, but while Stephen Avery's in jail, Netflix is making this big deal, and there's a big outcry of people trying to get his 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 uh, sentence exonerated because they don't have enough proof. Stating that uh, that he that to prove that he killed this woman, and all the evidence is is just kind of yeah, it's it's all over the place. So it wasn't the crime scene wasn't secured. It was it was just really um, just a big cluster. Uh, recent events happened. Uh, oh, before we get to that, um, Lynn Hortman was a lady who fell in love with quote unquote fell in love with uh, Stephen Avery. And started visiting him in jail, writing him letters and things like that. There's where the fame thing goes for me for her because she immediately, when she decided she didn't want to be with him, she looked like a normal person. Mm -hmm. Like, she looked normal. But she ended up on Dr. Phil giving her story. So, you know, she was paid to come yeah. on Dr. Phil to she talk was, about it. She was the main character. She, was she the, got to sell it. Yeah. yeah. So she's, and she's wrote, I mean, there's a book out there that I'm sure she's already wrote. Uh, but I will go back on, on the whole deal. Uh, Brendan Dassey. And Stephen Avery arrested for killing this lady. Um, still, the evidence kind of iffy. But Bobby Dassey, the brother of Brendan Dassey, was a star witness and and was stating that these specific things happened. And that's kind of like he was a damning uh, his 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 testimony was damning enough to put both of them in jail for this murder. Well, now now they're reopening the case because they have some information. That Bobby Dassey, which is, he's all with it. He's all there. Um, there was witnesses that he actually murdered the lady and he, he planted the car on the property. He was the one that planted it there, but he used these other two guys as scapegoats. So now that's a whole nother, there'll probably be another net, uh, Netflix documentary. Uh, but if you haven't seen that one, man, it's worth watching. Cause yeah, I'm it, sick. I want to see it. I want to know. Yeah. The, well, the, you know, the, and it's also scary too because you got small town USA and and you piss off the wrong people, they can ruin your life. And I I don't know that Stephen Avery's a hundred percent like, you know, not guilty, but I think there's a lot of shit that got brought out that made no sense. Uh, and there's and that's what put him in jail. And there's a lot of shit out there that makes sense why he should not be in jail. So so we got to watch that. We'll just have to binge watch that one. And Tiger King. Um, no thanks. What? No? No, no, thanks. no Tiger King? <laughs> all right. All right. Um, well, that's, I mean, for me, that's where I'm at with all this. I, I, I still can't understand uh, women trying to have a, a romantic relationship with, with mass murderers. It makes no sense to me. I think even Timothy McVeigh, when he blew up the, the building in Oklahoma City, uh, they talked about how he had a ridiculous amount of fan mail and women sending photos to him. Stuff like that. It just makes no sense to me. Makes no sense. Like I said, I just think that it's a sickness. I think there there's something. There's something there, whether it be daddy issues or a motive, like to sell a story. There there's so, something in that woman that is broken as well. Yeah. And uh I 
it's sad. I, I'm a woman. I, I think that we should all want good things and be empowered. But um, these women really get off on this, these bad things, these horrific things. But I think it's just because they have they've fluffed it in their mind. They've made it. They've made it romantic, like they can say romanticize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good luck. Yeah, I hope they don't get out of jail because they're gonna be coming <laughs> to live with you, and uh, you're probably gonna go missing. So, yeah. All right, ladies, if you're out there and some good-looking dude in a Volkswagen has a cast on his arm and needs to help with his bicycle to put it in the trunk. Just uh, defer it to the next uh, available dude around there that can help him. <laughs> Don't try to help this guy. So this kind of shit makes me look under my car. Like if I, I'm like, I'm so paranoid about like when y'all go out and do stuff, I'm just like, uh, just make sure you're always paying attention to who's around. What's around. I watch too much ID channel. <laughs> so well, You're pretty safe. They like women. They're not, I know. They're not about touching. Thank God. Thank God. Thanks. They're not. <laughs> well, some of them. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer, he, I mean, in he his, didn't discriminate. In his defense, he just wanted somebody to stay over for just, dinner. He was just hungry. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? We're about to cook dinner. <laughs> it's not funny. It is. That's not funny. It is. It is. Okay. All right. Well, um, Brittany, thank you so much for coming in and let's get this done. And thank let's, you. Let's get another one scheduled. Get it on the books. All right. I got something else cool we can talk about. So something disturbing. That's my thing. So. All right. <laughs> well, uh, you have a good rest of your day, ma'am. And I will see you later. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey everybody, it's Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. Are you looking for something a little extra to get you through your day? Well, let me suggest Killcliff. Killcliff is a clean energy drink with a natural source of caffeine derived from green tea leaves. Whether it be the Killcliff for recovery, Ignite for that energy boost, or the CBD-infused Killcliff, they've got you covered. Go to CigarStoreIdiot.com, click on the Killcliff link, and use promo code CIGARIDIOTS for some awesome savings. Killcliff, clean energy, killer taste. Looking for